Hi, hello, how are you? Thanks for stopping by. Today we're going to talk to some real people about some real things, living real lives, doing real stuff. This is the Working Perspectives Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied today by the one and only Amber Steiner. Amber, how are we today? I'm great. How are you? Doing great. Can't wait to get this thing started. So you can find all our content and all our stuff on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can hang out with us on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast and follow us on the Twitter and the Tiki Talk at Working P Pod. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, then please email us at workingperspectives at gmail.com. All right, let's get this thing started. Let's go. It's our objective to be effective by voice in societies. Working perspective, exploring your day and how you get paid. Launching a new episode every Tuesday. Your day can transform while we inform with new episodes available on every platform. So check out our live and how we get live. Then do us a solid. Share and subscribe. Would you share it? Would you share it? Would you share it? So, all right, Amber, uh, I want to give, uh, you know, start off a little B block here and I want to give the listeners a little story. So I met you, I guess we met each other, man, like 2008, maybe it's been a long time. Yeah. Too yeah. long. Some would <laughs> yeah. say, uh, but no, yeah, we met each other in like 2008, uh, at the old, at the old gym mm-hmm. and, uh, I'm, you know, uh, we, you know, working out, hanging out there, but then eventually we would move to the location we're at now. And then your husband, now husband, then boyfriend, was he was uh, in, he was an amateur still, but he was about to go pro, right? And he was about to have his last amateur fight. And his last amateur fight was for, are we allowed to say the promotion? Yeah. Okay. So it was for Helster, <laughs> right? And it was at the Starland Ballroom in Jersey, okay. right? And you were 19, just about to turn 20 at the time. And you ran that card, which was like, I think it was like a 13 fight card, right? It was a big card for the very first promotion that we were hosting. It was just people like, are you nuts? Because it was the very first one. Yeah, it was. So it was a 13 fight card, right? Something like, I think it might even been more, right? And I'll tell you this, like I've been in, I've been in a bunch of fights at that point and like been like at a bunch of fights as well, like in the locker rooms there. This was the best setup and the most comfortable, like, pre-fight area I'd mm-hmm. ever been in, right? Yeah. Like, we had, like, tents set up in the back. You had, like, you know, like, there was blue corner, red corner, right? The blue corner had their tent, the red corner, their tent. So you weren't, like, because there's times when you're at a fight and you're, like, in the locker room with the guy you're about to fight, like, yeah. five minutes before. I mean, a lot of pr- fight promotions can be very ghetto and we wanted to make <laughs> yeah. sure that it was not ghetto uh, um dude, and it was well ran yeah so. it was it was very well ran you had 
like it, we had a feed to a TV in the, tr- in the, mm-hmm. in the tent. So we could watch our teammates fight while we're getting ready. Right. We had mats in the tent outside for us to warm up and train. Yep. Right. You had like the, you had a, like, I guess like an onsite certified person. So if you, when you wanted to do your wraps and everything like that, you didn't have to go find someone or track down the same mm-hmm. guy. Like each tent had their own guy that could certify the wraps and their gloves because people don't know this. Like when you get wrapped, it has to be certified and someone from the commission has to look at yeah, it and all they, that bullshit. They have to sign off on it. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. takes like, and if the guy isn't there, it can take forever. Right. And like, especially if someone's not qualified or know what they're doing, they'll have to do the process all over again. And, yeah. And if you run out of tape in the middle yeah. and you're like, who's got extra mm-hmm. tape? And yeah. it's like, Oh my God, bro. Nightmare. Like, be, yeah, be a professional. So either way, we had all that on hand. We had all the extra equipment we needed. We had all the equipment there. Then you also had like refreshments and we kind of just could like relax after the weigh-in, which mm-hmm. you ran the weigh-in as well. <laughs> the weigh-ins are the biggest. I think that's more of a nightmare than the actual show oh. because you have to trust that these guys are going to make weight, do their job. And yeah. if not, you know, you have to scrounge and figure out what you're going to do <laughs> if their opponent is going to accept the fight or not because yeah. they don't have to. Yeah. Um, so True. yeah. They'll take pay cuts, oh everything like that. God. So, yeah. I remember, oh my God. I don't know if you remember what I looked like, but for the people watching now, that fight I fought, I would think I was like 181 was the fight. <laughs> I'm not 181 anymore, but man, I was like uh, Yeah, but you look you looked great. Yeah. For for cutting that weight. I mean, if if anyone knows me, you know my husband used to cut down to 145 Oof. and he looked like skeletor and it was oh, disgusting. So yeah highly do not recommend <laughs> <laughs> he would look oh my god i don't want to be crass but he would look like a holocaust oh, victim sometimes oh was, yeah because he's pale too and yeah. you see all his oh, my gosh. yeah <laughs> i know it's terrible to laugh at but he had some intense cuts but i really mm-hmm. think too like think about it this way that's 2012 and we were cutting we were still cutting the old-fashioned way like mm-hmm. plastic suits not eating yep. and like just sweating everything out the last minute like really awful stuff nowadays they laugh at you you're like, what are you stupid? Like you didn't plan your well, diet. Now like every fighter basically has like a nutritionist or something like that. Like Jordan at the end of his career, we ended up getting him um, high level nutritionists to who work with high level athletes um, to have proper weight cuts. Yeah. Then you didn't have that and you were basically killing yourself. And also then amateurs at the time, I don't know how it is in different states now, but you had to weigh in the same day oh. um, that you were fighting, Yeah. which I believe they changed that. Um, where pro, if you're fighting pro, you would weigh in the day before, um, and then fight the next day. So you had a full day to recover. Um, so I was with Jordan and you guys the whole time where you were amateurs and you had to fight the same day you weighed in and it was like a legit nightmare. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. I remember he's going to be a guest on the show, but I remember that specific show Padilla showed up overweight. Oh my gosh. I mean, (laughs) Sorry, Michael, but that is not out of character <laughs> for him yeah. to show up overweight. Yeah. I mean, hey, he made it. He, he made loves it. his foods. He he made so. it, though. I got, mm-hmm. you know, respect to him because he did make it. And that's tough. Like, yeah. Especially day yeah. Of. Mm-hmm. So, OK, so either way, we're at this show. Right. And I think I'm like, I guess I'm like 25, maybe. Tw- no, I'm like 26, 27 at the time. You're 19, about to turn 20. Mm-hmm. The guy I fought was like, you know, I think he was like 27 or 28. Every person there, like there was, you were the youngest person involved with the promotion and you were running it. Yeah. So my mom, she 
taught me everything that I know when it comes to running shows. And so I was always right there. I was her shadow. I'm doing these shows because she was in it well before I was, you know, dealing with my dad. And then Mm -hmm. she was dealing with the fighters long before I was. So Mm -hmm. when I got involved, um, it was almost you know, it just came natural because she was the, you know, I was following her and you got to see um, the best do it. I'll tell you. Yeah. That. Yeah. No, we made sure it got done. So no bullshit, mm-hmm. no bullshit with your mom. Team, No bullshit. <laughs> oh, you're Olympic medalist. Yeah, no right. bullshit. Yeah. But, <laughs> but no one messed with us. So. No, hey, and it, I'll tell you what, plus two, like if you're a fight, like also the biggest thing you would have to deal with that besides like guys not making weight and stuff, but like from the fighters would be like, they complain like freaking spoiled little kids. You know, like, when do we yeah. have this? When do we have that? But there was no complaints at that because everything was like professionally run, professionally shot, professional. Like everything was so well taken care of. And you're like, honestly, I fought on a bunch of cards that are like, like, in you know, shitty ass boys and girls yeah, clubs and yeah. rec halls mm-hmm. and like all that, you know, high schools and everything where it's like it's such crap. Yeah. And you're like, they don't give you anything beforehand, but you really treated it like it was a professional card mm-hmm. and it yeah. and it showed the difference. And like couple guys you know from that thing went pro like well, a couple guys on that card went pro you're so. setting the tone for when these guys actually do go pro so yes. you want to make sure yeah know. i fought dude i remember i cut like last year i cornered for uh one of the guys at the gym here and he fought at the ecw arena the in south philly jordan mm-hmm. was there too we cornered together yeah me him and dan and we were like in the back and, and like honestly looking back at it now like you know the locker room it is what it is it's always the same where they're separated mm-hmm. and like they had had like a big like the at the weigh-in the day before there was like a big thing so they had to have like personalized security mm-hmm. right so like uh, apparently that the, the day before like one of the guys fighting he, he's born and raised in south philly so he's in Italian, you know mm-hmm. he's got connections oh, yeah. and the guy he was fighting is like you know he was like this, you know, big kind of tough kid, but he was also like a huge shit talker right. and like all these things. And he got in his face and he was like calling him like, you know, a Dago and a Wop and all that <laughs> stuff. And like, I can say that I'm Italian. So, uh, but he, uh, but he was getting his face and then like they had a huge brawl at the weigh-in. So they had to have like private security and this guy had to have his own like locker room, like in the locker room, like own separate room and stuff. And it was just like, to me, I'm like, oh my God, you know, like, People have to take care of that stuff, yeah. but I, I'll tell you this, even though like that was a very professionally run card, everything was mm-hmm. well done, very good. Yeah. No, you know, things yours still was so much better. <laughs> like, no, like you, like people don't know this. Like, it's not like, especially in amateurs after you weigh in, you're, you're responsible for your own food and nutrition afterwards. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not like, like, you know, but you guys had like water and stuff for us and everything. And like, I think you had some fruit and everything like well, that. Well, we made sure we had the proper um, hydration kits and stuff like that. Yeah. And then we would go back there and we would see guys sneaking in like their fast food. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're about to fight soon and you're uh, going to be like sluggish because you're uh, eating, you know. Oh my God. Can- you know, but yeah. eating all the fast food. So I, I don't know how anyone could do that. I, I so I mean I'm a so I, <laughs> I told this story before, but after that specific way in because I I took the fight on short notice. It was like two and a half weeks. This isn't terribly short, mm-hmm. right? But I made the weight and it was like a tough cut, but I made it. And then afterwards, I ate a whole box of crustables. Oh my God. He's one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, I remember Jordan looking at me like, dude, that was a mistake. Well, Jordan <laughs> used to eat a lot of, um, right after weigh-ins to get his sodium levels back up, yeah. um, a lot of Chinese food. Oh. And he would just like, he would just pound it down, all the Chinese food. And he would plump up, because he'd be cutting weight. He'd be around like 
179, 180, oh, cutting he's, down he's, to 145. He, he really strained, oh, yeah. all the water out of mm-hmm. his system. Oh, yeah. He, so. That makes a lot of sense, though, because there's a ton of sodium and stuff in that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But so, okay. So he would, I mean, so either way, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. But it's crazy to think that that's 2012, right? Mm-hmm. Where we're at now, less than 10 years later, and this has been going on for years. Those, that type of dieting and weight cutting is like, it's, you know, archaic at this point. Yeah. Like, if you do that, you're, it's might as well, you might as well just throw in the fight now because you're, that's, mm-hmm. there's no way you're going to be in shape and not lethargic. Right. You're, it's awful. So, mm-hmm. okay. So, yeah, but getting to the end of the story (laughs) is uh, I wanted to say that you as a 19 year old turning 20, you're, you know, like you're that wasn't your only job. You were working other jobs and doing everything right. It was so impressive to see you. One, it's a very much a male dominated field, the fighting game. It's Mm -hmm. very much a male dominated field. But there was no question who was the boss at this fight who ran this card and you guys sold out like it's at like, I think like 2000 and you sold it out. We actually got in trouble by, um, I don't know who, uh, I guess like the the fire companies and stuff like that because of the amount of people that we had, we went like over the limit. We're like, come on, like, what's the big deal yeah in yeah. case there was a fire people had to get out and no, there which, plenty whatever of so yeah. yeah so we got in trouble so we actually had to like tell people they couldn't come in which was upsetting but yeah yeah well, there was a lot of people there was like it was a packed house yeah it was packed, packed house, house. Yeah, yeah i mean like think like i you know i'd like that anyone now trying to pack out a, high, a house for any event good luck mm-hmm. let alone like when you're 19 turning 20 you know what i mean yeah. that just showed too like jordan had a pretty good following and i remember like there was a bunch of other gym guys that fought on that card too so it was just mm-hmm. like i don't know it was a great card but you know very impressive you did a great job and you know can't 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 you know can't think highly of you enough so that was when when i when we had the show and mm-hmm. i talked to you about it and you agreed to come on i was super excited because you know, you impressed me very much with running the show and, and taking that on and, and, you know, knocking out a park, but that's, you didn't stop there. You are very much like an entrepreneur. And also like, you know, there's a new, like, I feel like there's new diseases and things and that people didn't know existed before mm-hmm. and are now like in the forefront of certain things. And you are very much a spokesperson for autoimmune, <clears throat> right. Yes. And like, very much like do a, lo- a ton of research and a ton of different, like, I guess you would say like test, well, not testing, but you're, you're trying a bunch of different things and seeing what works mm-hmm. and you're a big spokesperson for the autoimmune community. And I'm very excited to get into that. And plus your entrepreneurial side with your different businesses you tried and everything like that. But I wanted to start this off as we always do. And I wanted to ask, have you seen the movie Bohemian Rhapsody? And if yes, what'd you think of that movie? I've never seen that movie. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Um, I'm not a movie person. Yeah. I actually, so the only show I really watch is Hell's Kitchen. Oh, I'm okay. a huge okay. Gordon Ramsay fan. Sure. And sure. if I were to meet anybody, it would be him. Nice. All um, right. Or if I were to go eat anywhere, it would be him. But right. I would be because of my autoimmune, he would have to make a very like, selective. Yeah menu i remember too so we had talked about this actually on a recent show uh so tito's vodka right tito's vodka had been around for years and years and years and they were kind of like middling in the pack of sales like normal like Mm -hmm. not they're worldwide today globally known tito's vodka and the reason is is because they put gluten-free 
their their vodka is gluten free, okay. which which all vodka, all vodka, is. <laughs> all vodka is. But when they put that on there, that was the mm -hmm. marketing ploy that shot them to the shot them to the top. Yep. You know, so for you, when you're seeing like the autoimmune stuff, I because I remember I was working in the service industry when gluten free became like a massive thing and gluten free bakeries and gluten free desserts and all these different things started to come mm -hmm. into the game, which are now commonplace. Mm -hmm. But if you were the first person to have that, they were like, it was hotcakes. It was slim pickings or you had to make your own or yeah. figure out a way. And I yeah. still do that. I still have to make my own of a lot of things well that and, and you know you're kind of i mean you're ready for you know the apocalypse with the way stuff you're doing so. i sure am <laughs> <laughs> but uh okay so perfect but yeah so i wish pete was here to you know know that bohemian rhapsody sucks and we all hate it so very good all right awesome you don't need to see that mm -hmm. movie anyway i probably won't yeah so. good so <laughs> nice all righty so i want to keep this moving so you were born in abington mm -hmm. right you grew up in bucks county yes. right you did public school k through 12 mm -hmm. right and then people don't know this so right now if you haven't if you couldn't tell we are sitting in the center of the octagon in or I guess you have a cage octagon, it's an mm -hmm. octagon, wherever it is. Yeah. But we're in the center of the octagon at the Hensel Gracie PA Academy in Hatfield, mm -hmm. where Amber is the president, sales president, right? Or well, marketing, what? Um, so yeah, I I do all the, the signups. I make sure everything's ran smoothly. Um, you do a great job. And my husband teaches the jujitsu classes yep. and um, my dad keeps it going behind the scenes. He's like the, he's the yeah. face of the whole thing, so. Yeah um he built it yeah so but it's a family business yeah. that you're yeah you're heavily invested in and you do a great job with yeah. i will say so but either way so we're sitting here at the Hensel gracie pa academy in hatfield so when you were coming up like you said your dad is the face of this place and this is his baby mm -hmm. because he started how old were you when he started the gym i was three three i was three so, so. you've lived your mm -hmm. whole life in My this whole place life in a gym yeah. yeah. And like, so even starting at a young age, you did like karate and mm -hmm. things like that. And you were involved in this. And did you do gymnastics as well? Or Just you a did... little bit. Um, when I was in the, the Hatfield Athletic Club, we, that it was in there. Okay. Um, but I did a little bit of that. But mostly I did Shotokan karate for 12, 10, 12 years, something like that. Um, under my dad. Nice. Because um, that's when we had karate and yeah. that, you know, faded out. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it, 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 I feel like karate got a bad rap. You know what yeah, I mean? Karate yeah. is very good for certain things. It's mm -hmm. great for like discipline and, you know, self-defense and things like that. And there's a lot of good things about karate. But when it got like dojo eyes where there is a ton of different dojos everywhere, mm -hmm. like that's yeah. when it kind of went downhill, right. I think. You know, with like the Tiger Showmans and stuff. I mean, hey, whatever, you know, don't knock it till you try it, right? There's nothing against them. But I just hope like with jujitsu now, Brazilian jujitsu, I just, my fear is, is that I don't want that to turn into the next karate. I don't think that ever will. I don't think so. Um, it's too real. It's yes, way it's too, too real. real. Much, much more respected. Um, and, and there is way more history. Oh for sure so yeah and there's no like also too like like karate i mean don't get it wrong i love teenage mutant ninja turtles much of the next guy mm -hmm. but there was karate everything brazilian jiu-jitsu is a respected art form yes that if you're not if you're gonna get like bruce lee you know he would like jackie chan all those guys they're mm -hmm. dancing masters that do karate and all that stuff that's not happening with brazilian jiu-jitsu no. you know like if you don't it, it's too respected and too i mean in ufc it's a must-have yeah, so absolutely. you know in, in any mixed martial arts it's mm -hmm. a must-have so okay so you grew up in the gym 
right? You also did a little bit of cheerleading and stuff like that too, right? And you ran track and everything, but basically like karate, working here and, you know, being involved in the gym and all that stuff. Like I can only imagine as a kid here, there are some kids classes and things like that, but you must've like at a point, some point you're like, I just don't want to go there today. Like, you know, a lot of people get excited about the gym, but I could see it turning into like, kind of like, I wouldn't say an annoyance, but you're like, oh, the gym. Again. Yeah, there were many times where my parents would have to force, forcefully put that uniform on. And <laughs> I, so I looked forward to, I'm very competitive. So I looked forward to the competitions and when they were coming up. But then when I was younger, when I was a kid, um, I didn't want to practice. Like I, yeah. I just wanted to go straight into the competitions. Yeah. So that's where they forced me to, go into practice because i just didn't want to i was here 24 7 <laughs> you know i just wanted i slept here basically and yeah. i just needed a break but i mean in hindsight i remember like for wrestling and stuff like that my dad would make me go to wrestling as a yeah. kid sometimes too and mm -hmm. looking back i'm happy that he did yeah you know and you're i'm sure you feel the same way sometimes my kids are in jujitsu now yeah so your you know. kids are freaking great <laughs> No, right. so they're they are gonna be watched <laughs> the hell out. Mm -hmm. yep. Yep. <laughs> they're gonna be. I mean, but we're gonna get more into it later. But they're gonna be very. I mean, I just love how how like how you are raising them as very just self sufficient. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Which is, I think it's you know, I think it's a almost like a breath of fresh air. Yeah, you know? absolutely. They're not gonna be any. Yeah. Well, we'll get into that. So either way, so you did some track, you did karate, you did you wanted to do volleyball. I wanted to play volleyball. Why for volleyball? So long. I, it just seemed very active to me and mm -hmm. I just always loved to just like go 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 like yeah. I always wanted to be in like an act like a very athletic sport and volleyball to me was just something that just always seemed very athletic and competitive and mm -hmm. I just that's why I loved track yeah too because it was one-on-one -on -one. I got yeah. that adrenaline rush oh, yeah. um you know and I did great with track I was a fast runner and yeah. I just loved it so I couldn't do volleyball because we were so involved with the gym and yeah um my friends were in cheerleading so it was easy for me to carpool with them so yeah 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 but with cheerleading um it helped me build my strength because i was a base like my whole oh. time so my leg i'm i guess i'm my legs are very muscular mm -hmm. they always were and i actually used to be very insecure about my legs really my whole life i was very insecure because they were so muscular really and now i love my legs yeah um, so it's something that took Aww. me a while to like appreciate but yeah. um cheerleading helped me with that people think it's all like you know yeah cheers and stuff like that so, but it helps me with my it helps i honestly do i'll say this and i'll scream from the rooftops we had a uh, former guest of the show friend of the show jamie yerk was mm -hmm. on the show and she was a big time cheerleader as well she did like the all-star cheer she did uh you know team cheering and stuff like that and you know she was a base as well and she had said the story of how she became a base is because the girl that was a base before her got her teeth knocked out oh when gosh, another yeah. girl came down in the back of her head hit mm -hmm. her face so you know when when you hear stuff like that it makes it makes it reminds you like cheerleading isn't for the weak at heart no. it's a very athletic and like you like oh i ask any tough guy out there get a 14, two 14 year old girls stand on a track in the middle of, you know, November and let them throw you in the air as high mm -hmm. as they can see yeah. how freaking tough you are. Then I had piercings <laughs> come out. Um, I had my belly bone pierced at the time, the top and the bottom. And my flyer came down and Ooh. slid down. Ooh. Yeah. It 
came right out. Mm-hmm. It was so bad. It got oh, so infected. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that Not was in, fun. Yeah, that was like in the middle of a game too, or was that at a practice? That was at practice. All right. That was at a practice, thankfully, but it was the day before competition. So ah, it was a nightmare. I was in so much pain. Oh, you got to keep sounds, going. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's something I feel like that's something you get from your parents. So we're like fight through the pain or like, yeah, maybe you got, you not keep going. get from your parents, but mm-hmm. like you were raised that way. It's yep. like, hey, fight through the pain. Let's get after it. Put mm-hmm. some dirt on it kind keep of going. thing. So very cool. All right. So. You did some volleyball. You really like, like we said, you lived here at the gym, which is great. You did some volleyball. You did some track or you never did volleyball, but you did cheerleading. Mm -hmm. You did track. You wanted to do volleyball. Didn't happen. And then after that, you started getting into jobs early, right? Like you had, I, I think my first job, my first like paid job, I was 13 and I was a bus boy at like an Italian restaurant, right? So I feel like, especially for like young kids who like, there's a lot of young kids that don't want to get a job, but I was like, couldn't wait to have a job. Right. Cause that I was, was like, I'm so, I'm like, I just wanted some freaking money, mm-hmm. you know, like I wanted to not have to like, you know, ask people for shit. And like, I just want to be able to pay for my own stuff and like be left the hell alone. Yep. I didn't want, yeah, I was the same way. So let's talk about this. So your first job, right. We, you were a server and you know, you were started I think what you're 12 years old. Is that right? 12 years old. Okay. How did so, but you start, you're supposed to be a bus boy and then something happened. So kind of give us a background of that. So I was a bus girl. Bus, sorry. (laughs) You're a bus. I was a a bus. So I was a busser for I think like two or three days. Um, and we were short staffed and we really needed servers. Yeah. So um my uncle was like, put the bus, put the bus pan down and start serving. He gave me a notepad. And my aunt was there with me the whole time, like, give me a notepad. And I just started serving tables. And <laughs> so I was, that was my first job was busing for two, three days and then became a server. So I, yeah. I was serving, I served from that point on for like eight years, eight or nine years. And I never went to school um, because I wanted to work. So yeah. I don't even know how I graduated. Once, but once I did. You, yeah. Once you get a taste of that, like cash, it's like, but now with three kids, I'm like, all that money I made, sir. Because back then, people used to tip a lot more. Like the economy was great. Like yeah. it was better. Nobody. Plus, really, too, you were a just, young kid. Yes. They see you. They're like, "Oh, look at this girl yeah. working hard." Here I was a you young go. girl, and I always looked older than what I was. So what kind that of, helped too. Was it like an Italian spot, a diner? Like what was? It was it? diners, and um, my uncle he just he owned a lot of diners, so mm-hmm. I just followed him wherever he opened up a new diner. And, and you would work like the morning shift. Oh yeah, that was the best shift. I would get there 5 a.m. You know, start as, as like a 12, 13 yep, year old we'd kid. We'd be done at two o'clock and you make like two, three hundred dollars a shift. So oh my. why would you want to go to school? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, what is school gonna teach yeah. you? You so get an I education. Made so much money. Yeah. And then I blew it just yeah. as fast as it came in because oh, you're yeah. like, you know. Um, to, I think we had talked about this during the pre-show, but the amount of money that I blew through in my like teens and twenties yes. is absolutely criminal, mm-hmm. absolutely criminal. Yeah. The amount of money. And I was like buying stupid stuff, like right. these cool posters and, you know, like stupid know clothing and shoes. Oh, there, at one point I had 27 different pairs of Air Maxes. Yeah. Like stupid. You know, I was like, like looking back at it now, they were all awesome. And I, you know, I mean, they look great. I but... bought a boyfriend at the time, like a $2,000 guitar. And because it was just like, <laughs> it was just like money that was, you know, it was yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Like, it's just money. I'm going to make like, oh, I'll just make that next week. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, you know, I... Well, you got to think if you're making like 250 a shift, 
right? Mm-hmm. And you're working five days of like, you know, Monday yeah, through Friday. Yeah. And that's not even counting Sunday brunch. No, right. Oh mm-hmm. my God. Sunday brunch is a freaking double timer. Oh my God. And my dad's like at 13, you need to start paying your phone bill. And I'm like, all right. Uh, yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll get I'll pay it and get a new iPhone tomorrow. <laughs> Who cares? Oh, we didn't have iPhone. I had a flip phone then. So. Oh, oh iPhones weren't <laughs> even a thing. Oh, iPhones man. were not even a thing. Oh man, dude. I think or like oh. the razor. The razor phone. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Uh former guest of the show, friend of the show, Brianna Hitchens. She we did a memory lame segment with her, and hers was a, a razor phone. Mm-hmm. And I was a big fan of it as well because she's my little cousin. She's 13 years younger than me, right? And she was six years old and had a razor cell phone, and I didn't have a cell phone. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the catalyst for me. Yeah. Phone. Right. And I was like, oh, this little six-year-old has mm-hmm. one, and I don't. But so yeah, shout out to razors. Yeah. Would you I mean God, if you could get a razor that functioned like a smartphone. I told my husband, I said, I would go back to the flip phone, my very first flip phone, because these phones are just, they're taking over. They're great, you know, for things, for social media. And that's what got my cake business up and going was, you know, social media. And, but there, there's some cons that come to phones. And I feel like if I had a flip phone, I probably wouldn't naturally be on it as much. You know? Would you also bang on someone when you like when you when you ended the call? Be like, fine, fine. Yeah. You put that T nine text on and start playing <laughs> Snake. You know? Oh man, the dude! I, I think I was watching the movie The Departed the other day, and there's a scene in The Departed where the guy sends a text in his pocket yeah. because he could like, cause it was the number. That was me. I memorized. So I wouldn't even, I'd be under my desk in school. Going oh I wouldn't God. even have to look at my phone. Dude. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. That's such a fast, like I was a very fast typer on the computer. Yeah. Yeah. Still so, probably I haven't used a computer and I don't even know. I know. Oh man. Cause that's you like, I'm a, I'm a fast, like texter. Yeah. So now okay. we have talk text. So. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So yeah. Yeah. We have everything now. Mm-hmm. So like we said, you were a server. You did that for like eight years, mm-hmm. right? So you started. So like, I also too, I think this speaks to your work ethic. And I feel like you know, money is a great motivator for for working hard. But you started as a busser, mm-hmm. and you uh, like three days in, they were like, look just pick up a pen let's go Mm -hmm. right and then you notice right away you're like oh this is how i'm gonna get some money yeah right and then these people see you as like a young kid they and like it was a family spot right yeah so like they must have loved it like oh this family they're hiring their Mm -hmm. niece and all of this so and you had your regulars and all of that and you must have been raking it in there Mm -hmm. right so then eight years goes by had did you have any other jobs while you were serving or is it just serving it was just serving for for that time. Mm-hmm. Um, we, in the meantime, towards like the end of my serving, my husband and I were trying to conceive. And okay, yes, I, I was young. I was, you know, nineteen twenty. Um, Still doesn't matter. Hey, so, you're you're in a you were in a you're a consensual adult. It doesn't, you know, who gives a shit how? Old yeah, you like he's six years older than me, and we just like I said, I was always, um, I guess, old, more mature for my age. So I would agree. Yeah. I just wanted to, I guess, start life early, yeah. and. Hey, if you know, if, if you know, this is the person you want to be with for the rest of your life and you have mm-hmm. a family and you're, you know, 18 or older then who gives a shit, right? right? Like have as many freaking puppies mm-hmm. as you want, you know? Right. Yeah. So, okay. So, so you, so go ahead. Yeah. So they told me that, um, so long short, we did fertility for, um, 
a few years and yeah. finally became pregnant. We became pregnant with our twins. Yeah. And they told me that I would be very high risk. I'm um, giving like my family history and stuff like that. So I stopped serving because it was mm-hmm. a lot on my body and immediately found a bank in town um, that was hiring okay. a teller, like a bank teller. All right. It's like, oh, well, that wouldn't be, That's you nice, know, nice... you're sitting. Yeah. Something that I, absolutely cannot stand is just sitting but uh, i was like all right well so that's a little but less it's, high it's risk exactly but you weren't but and, and this shows like even at that you might have been young but you already had the motherly instincts like i don't care if i'm gonna be bored as hell mm-hmm. this is what's best for my kids, best for my kids and yeah. they weren't even born yet and you're already thinking like no this is what's best for them and i'm fucking doing it no matter what yeah well that backfired Oh, and yeah. it backfired because I was uh, just to clarify for the people listening, it didn't backfire. The kids are absolutely fine. Yes, my kids are fine. It wasn't the kids um, that it backfired. Uh, Amber, please. So she's working at a bank and backfires mm-hmm. the, the opportune <laughs> word. So, okay. So you're working at the bank there. Uh, you know, how long had you been there at this time? I was only there three months and three that months. was including the, like the three weeks of training that you have to go uh, through to be yeah, a bank teller, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is, and yeah, nightmare. It's not for everybody. Yeah, it's I, not for me. I, so, I, so okay, go ahead. So you're there three months, and you're just going in like it's a normal day. So it was a regular day. We're eating our cinnamon buns from across the street because <laughs> this place makes the best cinnamon buns, and you can only get them one day a week. So Ooh. it was that I forget which day, but it was that day. All right. I think it was Friday. It was a Friday because we couldn't oh, wait for the week. Yeah, man, and, getting um, ready for the weekend. I know. Oh, so then, so next thing you know, this guy comes in, and the teller next to me, she was our main teller. Yeah. And she gets a note and it says, um, uh, I have a gun, please give me a thousand dollars. And, and he even put like, please in there. Like, please give me a thousand, a thousand dollars. Like you're at a bank and please give me a thousand dollars. So we're trained. If it does say, you know, if anything that says like you have a weapon or if someone slides you a note, yeah. you need, you just need to do it. You know? so, so I guess, I guess insurance covers in banks now, like if there's a robbery, we're not putting the lives of the tellers at exactly. risk. It's just like, mm-hmm. give them the money, give them what they want, get them out. And then yeah. and let the cops handle it. Yeah. So then you have your emergency call and here the cops find him. Like they lock the bank down. They find him literally right around the corner. He did have a weapon. Like he did have his gun, but he just wanted his thousand dollars. Um, but he oh. was from a halfway house up the street. He oh, he had like health, he had issues. Yeah, issues. Okay. Um, which is why he didn't run too far. He was just sitting on a bench when they found him with his thousand dollars that he was so proud about. But I'm like three months in, this bank gets robbed, so they sh- lock the bank down for several hours because they have to do a full investigation. At this time, I didn't know that the guy like had issues that he we just know that the bank got robbed that he had a gun and we're like panicking so yeah. i texted my husband i'm like bank got robbed and he comes with his brother and he yeah. bring you know he brings what he needed to bring to make sure i was safe. He, well he, his his thoughts your protection right away yeah it's like i don't give a shit who the hell's there and no one's touching yeah. my wife yeah okay. and you have to block all the windows like when this happens i didn't this listen i only i was only a teller for three months i didn't know what so you have to block all the windows all the doors have to be locked you have to be under the desk it's like a, it's it's crazy before the cops can even come in like they just have to make sure yeah, oh, yeah. A, okay so like he's gone yeah you know? but they have to make like 
it's a protocol safety thing understandable yeah. it's understandable. like a blown out of proportion type thing it's like yeah. it's crazy it's one of those so, things where it's like you you want you don't want to need it and not have it kind of it's mm-hmm. like you just do it to do it and yeah everyone yeah okay so we didn't the bank usually closes at five we didn't end up getting out of there close to 10 o'clock after the oh. investigation so it was just like it was a nightmare what it time just, of day did he come in about it was at three o'clock so, so you guys are almost done on a friday yeah. Oh. We were almost done. Yeah. So oh, it was like seven like, hours that we were there for like investigation. Oh, that's so, so you know what I did? I quit. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah, like, I'm not too. I'm not. I'm like, this is only three months in. I can only imagine. Because this wasn't the first time that this bank got yeah. robbed. Um, but the oh, last time wow. before that it was like five years. Um oh, just five years. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't like <laughs> the craziest most violent bank story but it was enough for me to be like okay i left serving yeah to not stress out my body and now here we are getting oh, in the most stressful know? situation there can be yeah yeah god <clears throat> so man so okay that so, was that yeah so okay so you leave there right you're pregnant with the twins at the time mm-hmm. right so you go from the bank what was the next stop so did you, you did the bank teller but after you left the bank teller you know, like you were having like, uh, it was like a difficult time, mm-hmm. right? And then things weren't going well. So, you know, uh, I also wanted to bring up this, right? So this is something I've always wondered, right? And I used to, as a bartender, like I've handled cash a lot and things like that. And I remember like at the end of the night, my hands would be like, I'm like, God, God, you know, like oh, even geez. if you're washing your hands, don't become a teller, like how, but like mm-hmm. how disgusting is it? And you're, and you're a germ, like you're an admitted germaphobe. I'm right. a germaphobe. My husband gets on me all the time with using hand sanitizer and washing with soap and water. But um, when I, I'm just going to backtrack real quick. I yeah. went to, um, I went to tech school for nursing and oh. then I went while I was in school. Um, and then when I graduated, I went to college for nursing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so when you go through your clinicals, like you're washing your hands a thousand times. And then I found out real quick that nursing and in a hospital setting was not for me. Uh, it just wasn't for me. Yeah. You know, um, I, th- it's not for, every, it's not no. for everybody. I I'll tell you this. I couldn't do that. I've seen some rough shit, I think. <laughs> and like, I could see some, like some tough things going on, but like when my wife, she, you know, when she was giving birth to my, my child, mm-hmm. I don't, I couldn't watch it because it was her. Like I couldn't see her like that. Yeah. Right. So I don't know, man. I don't, I, there's certain people like to, to watch someone do a surgery and cut someone open. Mm-hmm. I mean, more power to you, but old uncle Maddie's not doing that. <laughs> See, I can do that. I can do surgeries. I can do blood. I can do like yeah. Dr. Pimple Popper stuff, um, oh, but I just can't do like ever. saliva and feces oh, and stuff oh, like that. So yeah. it, it wasn't for me. So yeah. fast forwarding to the bank when you're touching all that money a lot of it especially from the gas stations oh. when they come in you put them through the machines and just dust goes flying and it's not from the money it's just who knows what's on that money it just it was so gross oh. so you're constantly and your hands just feel so gritty and gross oh, and dirty and it, so i always had you know the sanitizers and that wouldn't do it for me so i would go and do soap and water yeah. between every gas station oh thing. my because they would bring in they bring in a lot of money every day yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's part of it thing. was just That's, so gross yeah oh, so okay so like the nursing thing and then you know the bank thing it comes up you're pregnant you're going through this pregnancy mm-hmm. and you're trying to protect the kids and everything it's a rough time you know and you're and jordan was still fighting at the time yeah right so he's still fighting he's still fighting yeah and your parents still have the gym and you're mm-hmm. still here at the gym and helping yeah. out there 
and like you're doing a ton of stuff so like you're you're in, in as, as far as i've known you you're not the type of sit around you know to to you know and no. wait for stuff to happen you're out making things happen i like is... things done yesterday <laughs> <laughs> for anyone who knows me knows i like things done yesterday sure hey it's not a bad habit i learned that from my mom yeah yesterday hey that's right hey i mean you know she's the best so so after you know the bank whole sham is done the nursing school thing's done you're pregnant and everything like that you kind of took like a like almost like i i remember at that time you kind of took uh i would say like a leadership sales role here at the gym you kind of took more responsibility here at that time mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and because I, I remember we had like a meeting and like you're like look this is how shit has to go now and i was fine with it yeah it was i mean you know, but that was fun. But like, I, I saw you taking more of a leadership role at that point, And that right. was great. And you're doing a great job. But then also, and this is like, this is something that you're passionate about. And I love and this is kind of like, you really you started this early. So you've been in the social media game for such a long time. Mm -hmm. And your social media presence is fantastic. And I love like your business and everything like that. So right now and it's still operational amber ray cakes and we'll in the description of this episode we'll have links to all your stuff all your social media stuff your website everything like that where you can go to look at everything and take care of everything and i'm telling you i i will say this so you made cupcakes for my bait my wife's baby shower right mm -hmm. or i guess for my my the baby, baby shower, shower. <laughs> yeah yeah it'd be our baby shower the package deal yeah um but you made those cupcakes and i remember like there was a bunch of people one none left like mm -hmm. gone instantly right and there was a ton of people that came up this afterwards and I, this isn't me like blowing smoke up your ass but a ton of people came up this afterwards saying like those were the best fucking cupcakes i've ever had where did you get those and i was like amber ray cakes <laughs> it's the best ones going so let's talk about that so you the bank telling's done you're pregnant you're doing you're taking on a lot more responsibility here at the gym in a mm -hmm. leadership role and doing a great job there and then you were like, look, I'm I'm passionate about this. I like doing it. It's fun. And, I'm, and you're also very good at it. And you would turn it into not only like you were cooking, but you're also teaching and things like that. Yeah. So how did you find out about like, how did you find out you were good at doing the, you know, the novelty cakes and everything like that? And then what was like the inspiration behind the, you know, starting the business and everything like that? So it's really my hidden talent. And that's yeah. where that comes in because okay. I would watch Cake Boss. Great show. Faithfully. Great show. That was my favorite show. And if it's still, you know, ran, I would still watch it all the time. But my favorite show. So I always wanted to make like a cake with fondant and stuff like that. And yeah. my mom's birthday came up and it was she. What do you get someone who has everything? Right. So I was like, you know, what? why don't I just make a cake? So I went and bought you know, everything that I needed yeah. and made her a cake. And it was just, it literally just went from there. I, it, if Did you go you on my like page, I put, it's it? like my very first picture. Okay. Um, but the process, it's funny when I look back because I did it all wrong. I did everything <laughs> all wrong. Like you, take but you the, were learning as you were going. Yeah, I bought yeah. like the prepackaged fondant. I didn't make my own, and I was just trying to like here. You have to knead it, but I didn't. I took it out of the package, and I was just like trying to roll it, but it was so hard. Yeah. Um. So it all cracked, but overall, for like my first cake, it looked decent. I yeah. guess. Yeah. Um. You can be the judge of that. Yeah, but yeah. Um, it, uh, you can find it on uh, your Instagram, Amber Ray Cakes. Amber Ray Cakes. Yep. So and Ray is R A E. R A E. Yep. So okay. Amber Ray Cakes. Yep. Um. So Lincoln will be in the description. 
Yeah. So then I just started doing that for birthdays. So, so then my brother's birthday came up next and I made him a, a Ninja Turtle cake and <laughs> he loved Ninja Turtles. Yeah, and then, of course. And then it just kept on going. I just, and then I got better. Um, I'm should... self-taught. I n- never took classes. I yeah. just looked on YouTube and just taught myself and but it's kind um, of like that's kind of been your your you're not afraid to try no and you're not no. afraid to like to fail at something to to learn how to do right. it correctly mm-hmm. and you like learn from your mistakes that's something i feel people now like people are afraid to fail you shouldn't be afraid to fail you, you should be afraid not to try on the valentine's day yeah matt ordered you ordered a bunch of bouquets because i put out this special it's my very first valentine's day <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'll do these bouquets, and it's a bunch of cupcakes to make like a flower bouquet. Yeah, it was and- it was, and they were fun. Like, it, so for people listening, they were the mini cupcake gimmicks, mm-hmm. and she would put them in like a fake like flower pot, so it looked almost like it looked like a, a bouquet, bouquet of, flowers. of flowers. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I had, um, I don't know how many order. I had so many orders. <laughs> But my mistake was because I was such a noob at it. I put the cupcakes in the refrigerator and you're not supposed to do that because the refrigerator takes moisture out of things. Oh, I see. So if you ever, you know, your phone goes into water, you put it in the fridge because it takes the moisture out, stuff like that. So I put, it was like 450 cupcakes (laughs) in the refrigerator. So when I went to go assemble them, that mind you this is the morning of that people are going to i baked them the night the night before put them in the refrigerator and then people are going to pick them up the next morning yeah and i had i don't even know how many there was like nine cupcakes per bouquet so yeah, then times yeah, yeah. that by divide that by 450 and that's how many bouquets that i had to make <laughs> for my first like big thing yeah so i went to assemble them and i'm like wow these are hard like why are they hard and i bit into one and they were bone dry and oh, i had and i looked God. it up and you know, they say to never put cupcakes in the refrigerator. Oh, no. This is my first like couple of months in cake and cake decorating. Oh, and this is like the Don't. first big push with the. So I texted Matt and I was like, I'm going to need some time. I could have just thrown <laughs> it all out and, you know, just told everybody, you know, I'm not doing this, yeah. but I remade every single cupcake. So you made 900 cupcakes. 900 cupcakes. Uh, assembled them all and got them all out for yeah, Valentine's Day. Yeah. It was the biggest nightmare. I was so stressed out because it was, it's well, a lot. I yeah, mean, it's a, uh, I mean, but I'll tell you this, that shows like there's some people there and a lot of people would have thrown in the towel or served a mm-hmm. shit product. Yes. And you weren't willing to do no either. No way. I was just starting out and I was like, if people taste this, they're not going to come back. They were so dry. And I want to be known for, there are so many bakers out there where things may look okay, but they yeah. taste horrible. Yeah. My goal and from what I hear, I achieved that. Uh, is very much they, so. Yes. They look great and they taste great. And that's yeah. what I always wanted to do. Yeah. So I had to stand up to that. Yeah. And those and you, cupcakes, oh my gosh. They were. That was a nightmare. They, that was the biggest nightmare. I'll I, never forget it. I bought, I think I bought six or seven. Yeah, you bought like six or seven <laughs> bouquets and you had to come like a couple hours late because it was just, they were so I dry. Didn't, I didn't care. You know, I was like. And then I, Matt comes in, he goes, let me taste them. So I gave him a boat. He goes, what? They're fine. And I'm like, no, they're not. They were bone dry. Uh, no way. Man, I remember I I picked those up and I was so excited because I my buddy, he was like, hey, can you get me one for my girl? Then I got mm-hmm. one for like my mom. I got one for like the person I was seeing at the time. Then like I worked with other bunch of girls too. And I got everyone for one of the girls I worked with and they fucking love yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. They absolutely love them. Yeah. 
It was great. I and plus two, it was so like not only was it like really good, but like very creative mm -hmm. too. You know, like that is such an ingenious idea of like, oh, like instead because like girls get flowers for Valentine's Day all the time. And I think it's like, you know, like this was just a new taste and like a new twist on it. And I thought it was great, you know, and it and it turned out well. And like you said, the the look matched the taste. Yeah. Presentation and taste right. were both spot on. So okay. So you you your you you your mom's birthday, mm -hmm. right? And you're like, oh, I want to, I like the show, and I want to give this a shot, and you know, if I like it, we'll see how it goes. You find out you really like doing it, you have a passion for it. Once you like work out the kinks, you figure out like I'm pretty freaking good at this too. Mm -hmm. And like when people check out Amber Ray Cakes on Instagram, you'll see the pictures and the proof is in the pudding because I've seen some incredible, yeah. incredible cakes on there. Like the Ninja Turtle one, shout out to your brother who for people <laughs> that listen to the show, you'll hear the theme music. And that was her brother who the did intro. that. Yeah, yeah. It, the the intro song for the Working Perspectives podcast was done by Randy Lott, and we can't mm -hmm. thank him enough because he did a fantastic job. So okay, so you're you're working, you're doing the cake business, and I'll tell you this: like, how? Because this was like, I guess you know, social media was like it was starting to be, you know, it's massive now, and and mm -hmm. advertising on social media is really the name of the game, and having like a social media presence. But this was at the time, like this is 2013, 2012. You know, like around that, maybe 2013, around that time frame, and you're deep into the social media game. So you started at like very, very much in the beginning and escalated to now. So, like as compared to then as now, what do you think is like maybe the biggest difference with social media? Yeah. Well, a lot of it then it I built my following. A lot of it was like word of mouth. Yeah. Which um, I still think is the best way. I think and that was, so I wasn't even on, so I wasn't, when I first started, I wasn't like, let me start a social media page right away. Yeah. It was all word of mouth. Um, and then once I got a social media, it was everyone that I already had, but then they were able to, you know, share. Yeah. Um, I never did the promotions. Like I never did the promoting. Yeah. Um, which I think could have maybe increased my following, but I wanted to keep, it local um i was getting calls from like jersey and new york and stuff like that and i would deliver to jersey and new york but i did ultimately want to keep it local and be yeah. everyone's like yeah local baker and yeah. that, that's what i feel like i was and that's great yeah um but now i i don't know i mean i think what to, to stay pure is to keep keep your following local yeah. um and not it depends on what you do though with right. cake decorating you don't want to like go out too far you don't yeah. want to you're not going to be sending cakes to chicago right like no and i i've gotten calls to to send cakes through the mail and stuff like that and i knew how, if it showed up you know all mangled and stuff i didn't want that to be a product of yeah you know and that stuff. you're yeah um it's your brand yeah you so know? i never wanted to it's not that i was afraid to take that leap i just wanted to stay true to myself and to what i was providing people beautiful so. that's beautiful so what mm -hmm. is do you think like i mean so what can you say though is your favorite thing about cake decorating like now because i'll tell you this because i think you had a video one time maybe it was like a minion right the oh, minion yeah. gimmick mm -hmm. and i think you had a video of the kids seeing that and like being blown away is that yes. right or it was something along those lines it was a photo of him that i i got his picture at the time and he was just like 
he was so surprised. Mind blown. Yeah. That's my, my favorite part is the end result. I love getting in the, the baking part is my least favorite because I can't wait to get to the decorating. Yeah. yeah, Um, yeah. But the decorating part, it's very messy, you know, but I get into my Zen mode and it's also like meditating for me to decorate things to get in my zone, which was a lot easier before the kids. Yeah. um, Which is why you know <laughs> yeah yeah i took a turn hey um, you're you have the hardest job in the world as a full-time mom so you know and a homeschooled mom and so a homeschool. I, I don't know how you freaking do it yeah, so, so well so okay so let's keep let's keep it moving then so like we said amber rate cakes all the links all the info will be available in the description of this episode very much you know i very much tell like i very much suggest it and you can ask anybody that mm-hmm. was at my baby shower they will say the same damn thing <laughs> and anyone who's ever had some of amber stuff it's phenomenal and like can't thank her enough and you even delivered ours too which ours was like you know it was like yeah. an hour away yeah i mean i would deliver um but i think also another favorite thing was people would ask me how i did certain things so i love to teach them oh, for yeah, them tutorials right. yeah, yeah, yeah. so then um, another thing that I added on, I was like, well, instead of showing somebody individually, why don't I start like teaching a, classes? Yeah. So I really loved the idea of um, painting with a twist mm-hmm. um, where you'd go, you paint, you drink, you have fun with your friends. Yeah. So I want to do that with caking, like cake, like caking with a twist. So I um, started my own business called Cakes Uncorked. And Perfect. So you go, I teach the class. You don't need to bring anything except for your alcohol. It's BYOB. Yeah. And I teach you how to um, build a cake from scratch. Yeah. Um, so I loved doing that. And unfortunately, like when COVID hit, we had to stop all of that stuff. But um, I loved teaching classes. You're, so. I feel like you're a natural teacher. And I and I would say your your dad is as well. And I mean, your mom is just such a presence. She's she's yeah. just everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, like, I feel like teaching for you is something that you're naturally good at. Would you agree with that? Because I've seen you in action. I think you're phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, from what I've been told with my teaching classes, um, they've never they haven't they didn't leave not knowing what to do. And then people would show me their creations after that, what they're doing at home for their family. So yeah. it's like I taught you that, you yeah. know, like I taught. Because it's not just when people, it's funny, some people order cakes, like, can you just make this tomorrow? And I'm like, no, yeah. like it, no. Yeah. Because it's, yeah. A, it's a lot of work. Let me drop everything I'm you know? doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, cakes yeah. are, it's a multi-day process. It's oh, not, yeah, yeah. Because you, you have to make the cake first. You have oh, to make the God. cake first. You make it from scratch. If you're a scratch baker, which I am, you make it from scratch. Yeah. Then you, you know, it has to go in the freezer. Do not put your cakes in the fridge. It will dry them out. <laughs> I learned that. You put them in the freezer. Here's just a little tip. Put them in the freezer and it locks in the moisture. Ooh. So then when you take them out to decorate, it's firm to decorate. So you get a nice, uh, nice firm. Yeah. Um, Do you think the, like the, like the, like, I guess if it's frozen too, like, would it help the icing stick to the cake? Maybe when it starts. Um, yes. So then it, while the cakes are naturally cold, then your frosting gets cold with it. So it just get, keeps it smooth. Hmm. Um, and then your cake inside the moisture is just locked in oh. and it doesn't come out just locks in. So, so that's good. what it produces the a best. very, yeah. my most hated word moist. Yeah. Cake. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I would, I would have to say that's the number one most hated word by females. Cause moist. every female I talk to is like, Oh yeah. Don't ever say that word ever. I and the P word. But Sarah Silverman, if you ever seen that comedy, the the P oh like uh, pussy. Yeah. 
you guys have to see you have to see the comedy did you ever see it with her no and she like she she's like Pussy. Yeah. <laughs> she says it like that. Like, so that's the only way that I can say it now is pussy. Pussy. That's how she says it. All right. But cool. it's just it's so gross. I hate that word. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> a, I mean, it's a crass one, you know. But that's more of like a locker room talk word. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That kind of stuff has no, you know, in in you know, polite society. Yeah, but moist. No I can't oh, <laughs> I can't believe it's like uh, the P word. Uh, uh, oh man okay so not only were like so like we said uh our uh we'll have cake well so we'll have amber eight cakes we'll have cake and uh, caking and uncork cakes uncork cakes uncorked we'll have that in here that's a great shout too for like you know uh bachelorette bridal shower yeah yeah, like Mm -hmm. having a birthday or like a girl's night i mean it's just Mm -hmm. it's you know so much fun yeah so much fun and you're having cakes Mm -hmm. i'll tell you i can't i don't know how you do it and stay so thin well i guess i do know now yeah we'll get into that but even before that you were always in great shape and but like i was at your house when you're baking and it smells so good yeah like like i don't like your husband's also very lean and ripped and everything like that and i don't freaking know how you do it because you're shaving off pieces of the cake Mm -hmm. and i couldn't i wouldn't be able to just be like you know like yeah i mean no matter how many times i've made cakes if i even did get sick of them i always taste tested everything you have to no matter how many i've made my recipes a hundred thousand times and i taste every single one just to make sure yeah it's on point yeah and so just right just by the scraps but now i can't do that anymore yeah um, because my autoimmune issues and who knows if that contributed wait what do you mean now a word from our sponsor are you someone who struggles picking a podcast to listen to because your time is extremely valuable yeah how'd you know are you someone who says damn there's not enough hours in the day to pick just one Mm-hmm. Wait, what the fuck? Or are you someone who's interested in a podcast where they interview a wide range of people and find out how the hell they ended up in their profession? <laughs> it's like you read my mind. If I say yes too, can you help oh, me out? Oh shit, shit. On unrelated note, while we call the police, if you fuck. said yes to all those questions, then look no further and allow me to introduce you to the Working Perspectives Podcast, hosted by executive producer Matt Lavelle and accompanied by co-host Party Boy Pete McCormick. As mentioned, they interview a wide range of people and find out how in the purple and purple fuck they ended up in their no, professions, I which I think, in my opinion, light. as someone who previously dropped off from one man. place to another until I found something I'm good at, this is something worth investing your time in. You will learn about jobs that you never knew existed, feel the grind that some of these people felt before getting to where they are today, and just like me, it'll maybe help you find that motivation you're looking for to pursue in what it is you want to do. And also, they have great segments in the middle of the show, such as The Weekend Pop-In, Give It a Shot, my two favorites, Memory Lane and What's Going Down in Gamertown, which is a segment I'm part of, so you should definitely look into it. So, that being said, after this video, go out and listen to the Working Perspectives Podcast. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. All links are in the link tree, which is in the description. And now, back to the episode. So let's get into it. So can you kind of give a synopsis for the listeners that don't know what is autoimmune? Well, there's all different types of autoimmune. Your Mm -hmm. body basically is attacking itself. It thinks that everything in your system that is supposed to be going on, it thinks that they're invaders. So your body just starts attacking itself. Um, That's someone who has an autoimmune disease. 
Now I have Hashimoto's, which is an inflammatory disease. A lot of people think it's a thyroid disease, um, but it's just, it's an autoimmune disease. It's inflammatory yeah, and it can cause hypothyroidism, which is a thyroid disease. So, and that's what, that's what happened to me, uh, January of 2020. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that I had Hashimoto's. I had no idea that I had an autoimmune disease. Um, and just one night changed everything. And, um, fast forward, I was in the hospital, I was slipping into a coma. Um, and they found out that I had Hashimoto's, it turned to hypothyroidism and I was, I was in thyroid storm. And that's when the two clash and your body just, your body just starts to break down. And is this something like, is it hereditary? Does it come out of the blue? Like where did, like, have you had this your whole life? And it was just like, kind of like not, not as big as it came or how does it come around? So I had thyroid issues, um, growing up starting, I got my menstrual cycle when I was eight and a half years old. So I was very, very young. I think I was in like second grade with, you know, so then I, went through puberty very early. Yeah. Um, so it caused, and I believe my thyroid issues came from birth control. I see. And, um, you find that a lot now that a lot of people who have this, it backtracks to birth control being given at such a young age. Yeah. So there are thyroid issues in my family. So it is a little contagious, um, if you will. So I think going forward with the Hashimoto's, I never knew what that was until I got it. And as soon as I was diagnosed, actually my ENT diagnosed me um, with the Hashimoto's. That's when I changed everything cold turkey. Yeah. And with an inflammatory disease, diet is everything. Mm. Food is medicine. There's no medicine that can help you. That is your your mantra now, isn't it? Yes. Food is medicine. So, So, okay. So you're you're have your the inflammatory the hashimoto's mm-hmm. the inflammatory the thyroid issues everything like that this is changed your life and i've like i've seen it firsthand you're like you're still the same ass kicking chick that you always yeah. were but mm-hmm. now it's like this is like this is how you live your life now you shop at a certain spot you're mm-hmm. only eating certain things but also you've become like a researcher a spokesperson and a, a shoulder to cry on mm-hmm. and everything for the autoimmune community Right. So what is, I mean, so let's get into it. What are food is medicine. Mm-hmm. So how is the food helping with the, like, how does that affect your autoimmune? Well, I first want to say I became my own advocate because doctors and while we need them, yeah, they don't know much about autoimmunity. Um, they don't know how to treat it because yeah. if they did, then they would basically run out of business because if they tell you to eat clean all the symptoms a lot of the symptoms would go away and they wouldn't be back for more medicine so and i'm not trying to but that's also like people have anybody with uh with a degree you know people have to have the willingness to eat clean as well right absolutely so it goes hand in hand yeah and when i first was diagnosed with this i would resort to doctors because i didn't know any better yeah. And, and you're scared too. I'm scared. To death. Yeah. Scared. I mean, yeah. I have three children at home and I'm in a hospital and there's nothing I can do. I accept there's, there was many times in that hospital bed. I accepted that I wasn't going to wake up Jesus. and it was, it was a nightmare. I don't, oh. I will never put myself in a position where I'm back at that. And that's why I want to help people because, you know, had I known the foods that I were, was eating yeah. was 
putting me in that state. Yeah. Um, I would have changed my lifestyle years ago. Yeah. You know, we're brought up to just, you know, eat things, eat whatever you want in moderation. You'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but everybody's different. And that's yeah. where that came in. Um, so, so what, what kind of foods were you eating? That was like, like pizzas and just uh, gluten, dairy, soy, yeah. all yeah. of that. So when I was diagnosed with the Hashimoto's, um, it being an inflammatory disease, you have to eliminate things that cause inflammation in, in the body. Okay. And that being, so I started, I looked up. So sodium is like, is that's causes because it helps makes you retain water. Well, it right? depends where it's being derived from. Okay. I see. So so while i cannot have soy sauce i found an alternative um coconut aminos so coconut aminos is derived the it's derived from coconuts okay um, and it's an alternative to soy sauce it tastes oh. just like soy sauce but you're not getting all of the bad so what soy people is like it's liquid salt really right not only that all soy is genetically modified so you can't get when you get coconut aminos, it's not genetically modified. You don't have all of those artificial things going into your body. Oh, you can't wow. get like soybeans and stuff like that. So that's why it's in soy. I don't care who tells you this. Soy is not good for you at all. Yeah. And in a lot of vegan dishes, like <laughs> um, they use a lot of soy. They'll use tofu. They'll use, I don't know, there's just like. Yeah. The meat substitutes and all that gimmick. Yeah. It. Yes. So. Um, I can go back and forth with, you know, people with that all day. So mine goes beyond just being gluten-free. So when yeah. I say, okay, I have Hashimoto's so like, oh, well, I have a gluten-free option. Right. But what are the ingredients in that gluten-free option? Yeah. It goes beyond that. Yeah. And in the beginning, when I first went cold Turkey, I would cry for days Ugh. because you're just, you don't know. I don't want to be back in the hospital, Yeah. but I don't, I also don't want to eat the wrong thing, but I also <sighs> need to eat. So I had to figure out and the information you're getting. Like very slim. I want everyone to imagine this. Who's listening. Imagine this. The next bike you take, the next bite of food you could have taken mm -hmm. would have put you in a coma. Put me back into the hospital. Yeah. Imagine that. And, and you're asking doctors for help mm -hmm. and you're asking people for help and they don't know the answer. And that's where social media comes in because I have found the greatest following of people oh, that's they don't fantastic. have degrees but they have something better they have experience and they have the passion and yes. the, yeah and drive. that's where and that's where i say like i will never knock doctors for what they do i yeah. i love what they do but the people service. who have the experience with somebody like me yeah means the world because yeah. i wouldn't be here having this telling my story yeah. had it not been for finding these people on social media yeah. who have the same thing that i do Jesus. um who have done the research that i do now and you know it's just so what i had to eliminate was so i found a diet called um aip it's autoimmune um protocol and okay. the autoimmune protocol is an elimination diet usually you just do it for 30 days you eliminate all the foods that cause inflammation, gluten, dairy, soy, wheat, legumes, nightshade vegetables. When people go and eat a tomato and they think they're being healthy for someone like me, that's hindering. I can't have tomatoes. I can't have peppers. What? So I can't have eggplant. Um, right. you, and you, and like, do you have to stay away from like gen genetically modified vegetables? Nothing well? genetically modified, nothing wow. processed. Um, genet genetically modified isn't good for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You're eating like you're eating a vegetable that's created right. in a lab. Like, right. come on. Um, growth hormones in meats. So I have to make sure all my meats are grass fed. I need to not grass finished. They need to be grass fed, fed from start to finish. Wow. Um, if they're just grass finished, that means they were being fed like the corn, the wheat, yeah. the soys, and I can't yeah. have any of that. 
So, um, so wow. there's a lot of things that I had to eliminate yeah. cold Turkey. And yeah. today this is a year and a half later, I still follow that same diet Yeah, and I'm not deprived. I eat so much food. Yeah. Anyone who knows me, I literally do not stop eating. It's just very, and you've um, ne- I'll say this and I've known you for what, like 14 years and you've never been in better shape. I'll say it. like, right. right? Would so, you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I'm in the best shape of my life. Um, I did start a page. It's called autoimmune with Amber. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, and he'll put that under there, but if, course, you go it, down, yeah, be in the if you go down to the first picture, you'll see, and not many people are like, oh my gosh, you were that big because but, but it wasn't like you were, but like, I never thought you were huge, but you know, like, like you're saying mm-hmm. there's a, it's a notable, it is a notable difference. There's a before and after. And yeah. it was just, it was so much inflammation. My body was holding onto from the disease that I didn't know that I had. <sighs> and I'm almost at an 80 pound weight loss just from, and I just started working out. So yeah. all of the weight it's coming diet. off of me was pure diet. Yeah. And all of my, I would say like 95% of my symptoms are gone just wow. from diet. And wow. that's why I'm so passionate. Food is medicine. Food is medicine. I'm not on medicine. I, they put me on medications. Um, just back when I was in the hospital, they never checked my thyroid. So they thought that it was neurological because I was, I kept saying, I keep having these symptoms, these head rushes, um, the brain fog. I, I, passed out. I, you know, that's what put me in the hospital. What? And so they sent me to Penn where, you know, the best doctors are supposed to be never checked my thyroid. They were putting on me on neurological medications, which was making me worse. What? And what a lot of people don't know is autoimmune diseases start in your gut. Yeah. So your gut, if you don't have healthy gut bacteria, uh. your gut is going to send signals to your brain. Yeah. So you, you don't have neurological issues. It's your gut sending signals. Oh. So before you fix anything, yeah. you need to fix your gut. Yeah. So this is the engine here, you know, this is yeah. where it all starts. And yeah. this is where all of the autoimmune diseases start is in your gut. So yeah. I went and saw a GI specialist, many of them, mind you. Um, and he did a breath test. It was a three-hour breath test to see if I had SIBO, which so, is small which intestinal. Is you breathing into every fifteen. Oh. So you drink this disgusting sugar drink, <laughs> which, mind you, put me into a flare because yeah. I'm not supposed to have the pro- oh, yeah. like the added sugars. Yeah. But I had to do it. It was kind of like you, you still know, were kind of figuring it out, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! So every 15 minutes for three hours, you blow into this machine, <laughs> and it measures you, you know, the bacteria in your gut. And Ugh. here it came back. Um, not only did I have the celiac, um, I had the small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Um, I'm methane dominant, um, which which goes beyond. So I have to cure my gut health yeah. before I can, you know, move on. So that's what I've been working on is curing my gut health. And, um, a lot of people think like, Oh, you know, you can eat salads and I was eating raw salads yeah. and, but it was causing me to flare. I would bloat and you'll see on my page, I'll post a picture in the morning where, you know, you can see, you know, definition and whatever and abs and stuff like that. Yeah. And then two, three hours later, after I eat a salad, I'll look like I'm six months pregnant because the raw vegetables, my body isn't breaking down, isn't digesting properly. So while carrots are healthy for you and the salad, I have to cook all of my vegetables so my body can digest properly. If I eat a raw salad, it's going to bloat me out because my my body's not breaking down the fibers. Jesus. Um, So that's, 
that's scary. Like to me, that's also very scary. It just goes, there's, there are many tiers. And that's why if, if you just go to like a regular nutritionist, you're not going to get what you need. You need to, you have to find a specialist, but also like even, but you need a community right? Yes, like you, yeah. the community mm-hmm. is really what saved you, yes. right? Cause you're reaching out to these people saying like, I've tried this, I've tried this, I've tried this, I've mm-hmm. tried this. And someone's like, I did all that. And this actually worked. Yes. And that's when they're, and that's like, that's really where you found like, this has helped me the most is and the it community. saved my life. Yeah. Yeah. Because the doctors had me on all these medications and they're so quick to, to, to put just, you on Medicaid. Like, yeah. Oh, this isn't working. Here's a pill. <sighs> oh, this isn't working. Take this medication. And, it's, and let's, let's be, let's be honest. You're not blaming doctors. No, you're blaming, it's just they're not educated enough for some, for this type of correct um, sickness. And doctors have a role. We're not saying that the doctors provide a service and everything like that. But when it comes to this type of thing, they weren't educated enough. Right. And I believe so. I and I, we have doctors and nurses in our family, and they they told me straight up they learn about 85% of their of what they learn is, you know, is pharmaceutical, um, how to take care of patients, that kind of stuff. Yeah. The remainder, the what, the 15% is nutrition, which is the biggest thing because yeah. nutrition is what puts patients yeah. into hospital beds. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, that's why I get so worked up over this because if yeah, they yeah. would just pay more, a little bit more attention on nutrition yeah. and telling people, you know, what, what they should and shouldn't eat. Like people know, you know, you shouldn't be going to a fast food place. Yeah. You know, it's not good for you. Yeah. Like, you know, but it goes beyond that. Yeah. You know, it goes beyond it's like the processed, the processed foods, the added sugars, the growth hormones Oof. in, in like factory meats and yeah. You know, so you're absolutely right. You're absolutely when I right. grocery shop, it's well, so you, know, you only go to a specific place, right? Well, I go to two. I, I do get a lot of my like the staples from Giant, um, but I go to Kimberton Whole Foods where they have you'll notice on labels when you were talking about like they put gluten free on things now. Well, now at Kimberton's, I found they're putting the AIP label. So it's like AI. And I was like, when I saw that, I nearly cried (laughs) because I'm like, oh "Oh my gosh, like it's someone finally recognizes. Yes. Yes. So, um, so while, you know, I would love to like make tomato sauces and stuff, I can't have tomatoes. So instead of making it myself, because it takes a lot of time and sometimes I just don't have all of that time. I found a company who who makes an AIP friendly, um, tomato sauce where it's not, it's no tomato. It's called yeah. a tomato sauce. Um, <laughs> and they, and, but and it's, I don't it, know if I can shout them out, but I am mean, I allowed to? Yeah. I mean, okay. you, it's not like we're shitting on them. We're, we're, no, them. no, I love because they have state. So, um, the brand is called KC naturals, KC yeah. naturals. So any they, yeah, autoimmune, any autoimmune people listening to this or people that are, you know, looking into it, what is it? KC naturals. naturals. They are a staple in my autoimmune life. They just, it's just great because you can have your tomato sauce without the tomato, without the nightshade. You can have your barbecue sauce. You can have your mustards, you can have, you know, your salsa, you can have everything. Mm-hmm. And um, it makes you feel normal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is, there's so many yeah. brands and I will like on my page, if you do go to my page, you can see all the brands. We'll have a link for it in the description. Of course. Yeah. You can see the brands that I use that um, are anti-inflammatory. Yeah. And you don't need to have an auto. And I tell this to people all the time. You don't need to have an autoimmune disease to follow this type of lifestyle. It's yeah. actually, it's very good for you. Yeah. Um, your body 
puts goes through a lot. So to have all of that inflammation um, taken away, it's like good good gu- good gut health should be a prerequisite for yeah, everybody. Yeah, right? So gut like, health is huge. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, I mean, and also like the gut health stems from like you can't the you can't eat specifically genetically modified food. It's just not healthy. Mm-hmm. It's not. People, I, I think the message should go out there. And we're not political on the show by any means. And the sugars. Yeah, but yeah, you're absolutely right. And we're not political on the show by any means. And everyone deserves to treat themselves if they want to. And it's all your choice. Mm-hmm. But you need to know that there is dangers from eating genetically modified foods and sugars. And it's not all good for you, no, no matter what they say, even vegetables. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask this, though. Right. So I know you and I'll tell and I'll tell you this and your dad as well have gotten flack for being germaphobes. Right. Mm-hmm. For and I've been I've been here 14 years and everyone's always made a joke of it. Oh, germaphobes, germaphobes. Mm-hmm. Right. When the pandemic hit, they were fucking loving that. It was like they're yeah. like everyone was like, thank God. Well, also, too, there's no breakouts here. There's no ringworm. There's no staff. There's no anything like that. Never has been knock on wood. There never will be right because of like, you know, germaphobe being a germaphobe Mm -hmm. and it's got its pluses and minuses. When you started feeling this way and having these symptoms and all these stuff where you met with, Oh, Amber, you're a germaphobe, you're a hypochondriac. Like there's nothing wrong. And maybe that was where the neurological stuff came in is where you ever met with that kind of stuff when trying to deal with the autoimmune. So the very first thing, when I went to the hospital, yeah, they were feeding me medication for anxiety, telling oh, me that I was just anxious. Christ take sake. some Ativan, you'll be good. Uh, and at first, I'm like, do I have anxiety? Because I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. So they yeah. gave me, and I don't take any medicine. I yeah. don't take ibuprofen if I don't have to. It just freaks me out. Yeah. I just don't. I'll use like peppermint oil or something. Yeah. I don't like to use medication. Not a bad practice. So. They, they were get, so next, next day I went back to the hospital with the same issues. Cause I kept, you know, having the feelings that I was going to pass out. Here's more out of it. I said, it's not, I put my foot down right away. It's not the fucking out of it. Yeah. I don't, I don't have anxiety. I know yeah. what anxiety is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't have that. Yeah. I was and, in a bank robbery. I know what fucking anxiety yeah, I, right. <laughs> I don't have anxiety. Like I know people who have anxiety. I yeah. felt anxiety before. This is not it. Like I, yeah. there's something seriously wrong. Yeah. It's so, internal. You could tell like you had the instincts and your instincts were correct, by the way, that it was an internal issue. I'm so in tune with my body. I know when something's off. Yeah. I knew when something was off. I, like I just knew. So you're and, in there and they're feeding you this stuff for mm-hmm. anti-anxiety and things like that. So then where did you go from there? So then I went to the the same hospital for a third time for the third day. And this row. is Penn. No, oh, okay. this was Grandview. OK. And. And the same doctor, he comes in and he goes, what did you Google today? And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I I would have lost my fucking shit. I lost my mind. Yeah. Because then I was, I felt like I was looked at like a smack Exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, they're not taking me seriously. And they're not trying to. I don't have Google. I have DuckDuckGo. Yeah. So get that right. You know, I'm not Googling stuff, you know. But people do. I mean, when something's wrong, you do start to like look stuff up. And that's something that they have to deal with. But the fact that I get it, you know? Yeah. But you're in there for the third day in Mm -hmm. a row. Like something's wrong. This isn't working. I need help. And they're meeting you with disdain. And that's like, honestly, as it's just unprofessional in any, any aspect. 
And like, it, like to you also, like if you're, you're, you're there and you're seriously in pain mm -hmm. and you're scared, yeah, right. And you're scared something's going to happen and you get into this doctor and maybe he was just trying to lighten up the situation. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But to me, that just seems like the, the read the fucking room guy, right. like wrong remark. Like I would have, if, if, if that someone did that to my wife, mm -hmm. I would have lost my I fucking lost my shit. Mind. Oh. Because I was in the height of the thyroid storm. Oh. So I was in my, I couldn't get out of my bed. Oh. Nobody, my husband had to take off work to take care of my kids. Jesus. I could, I could hear my surroundings, but I couldn't react. I couldn't yeah. do anything. Yeah. I was, I was slipping into a coma. Oh. So it was them not taking it seriously. So then I went to another hospital. Then I went to Einstein Montgomery. Okay. And I was in there for a whole week. They did the entire, they did a full workup. Yeah. And I want to say when my first night in Grandview, they checked my thyroid, but they never reported it. Like they never, they never transferred it to. Um, they to never like doctor. connected. Like oh, no. oh, they never told him. They never transferred it. Oh, so we have my thyroid records right on record from back then, so I could actually see. This is where we got our, our conclusion from. Yeah, you know, had they looked at my thyroid um, results, they would have known exactly what. Instead, I went two months going through many MRIs, CAT scans with contrast, without contrast. And at the time I did not know the importance of detoxing after CAT scans with contrast, MRIs with con any type of contrast you need to detox from. I had no idea. Yeah. In a whole week I went through, uh, I had seven CAT scans. And, um, so I had all that contrast in my body. Oh, um, they Christ. did an echogram. They checked my heart. They did an EEG, yeah. an EKG. Yeah. Um, they checked literally everything. And while they could see the activity going on in my brain from, um, from the episodes I was having, yeah. it wasn't harming my brain, thankfully, but that's the autoimmune. Yeah. So you have these things, but it doesn't necessarily. Uh, so they see them. like there's something being triggered. They, they see don't it. see where it's coming from. It's right. coming from your stomach because it's autoimmune. I see. So, um, so it's not necessarily. You know, and it can cause like someone like my mom, she has MS. So she has multiple sclerosis, which uh, multiple meaning multiple and then sclerosis meaning scars. Yeah. So she has multiple scars on her brain. With me, I don't have that. They couldn't see what was actually, they could see what was happening, but they didn't know what to do about it because Jesus they didn't know it was an autoimmune reaction. Yeah. So then after that week, I was getting progressively worse. Um, they trans I got I got sent to Penn and that's where they were like, okay, this is probably neurological. Let's super up on neurological medications. That was making me worse. Yeah. Um, they sent me home because they weren't sure what was happening, but you know, I was going into, I was having like episodes of like the syncope where I would like pass out and stuff like that. So, oh, um, so then I finally, I met my ENT. Yeah. He's in a hole in the wall, Dr. Goldberg. He's in Willow Grove my lifesaver. He really? literally okay. an ENT specialist. Okay. I've been to uh, neurological. Okay. I've been to cardiology. Yeah. You know, I've been to, you've, you've had every freaking workup in the every book. work up under the sun. Yeah. I go to this ENT specialist. What, do you know what ENT stands for? I don't know. Ears, nose and throat. <laughs> Fuck. I'm an idiot. <laughs> shows you better a mom. Not cut that out. <laughs> I'm not. It shows a mom and a dad. Cause I know, I know your, your fucking husband wouldn't know what that means either. Yeah. yeah. So well, ENT, yeah. ears, nose and throat. <laughs> so this guy is okay. So ear, nose and throat doctor. And you head to this guy 
in your mind going to this guy were you thinking like this guy's gonna have the answer you're like might as well fucking try this no i tried everything because the whole time i was in the hospital i went to go see neurology because of the head things i was having then i went to go see gi because every during my entire flare i looked like i was six months pregnant but i was losing weight too so i was like why am i losing so much weight but my stomach is so big i couldn't use the bathroom it was so i went to see every specialist yeah so also the whole time my neck was bothering me like my lymph nodes and all that stuff so i'm like what could that be so i'm like okay ears nose throat my thyroid is in my throat i'm like putting these pieces together what is going on so i go to him he goes i fill out a paper the secretaries give me this this piece of paper and i've never related to a piece of paper so much my whole life because there was like a hundred symptoms on this paper that you have to check off. Oh wow! And I checked off literally nearly all of them. Oh wow! And I look at this paper and I start crying my eyes out. And Jordan's like, "What's wrong?" Yeah. And I'm like, "This piece of paper understands me like, more than they these fucking doctors." Get it? Yeah. Yeah. This paper gets it, you know. So I check it all off, and Doctor Goldberg, he looks at it. He goes, "Has anyone checked your thyroid?" And I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Yeah. No. And he he goes, we're going to check your thyroid. We're going to do a full workup on your thyroid. I'm sending you for an ultrasound of your thyroid, of your lymph nodes, of your whole neck. We're getting all the blood work, this and that. And when I thought of thyroid, I'm like, okay, they'll check my TSH. It goes beyond that. You have a full panel. Um, You check your antibodies. That's what shows if you have like the Hashimoto's, my TPO antibodies. Yeah. So he actually pulls my thyroid, my TSH from when it all started that the doctor never reported. And my TSH was a 7.9, which is super high. Really? And, okay. and which made sense. And then my TPO antibodies, the normal range is zero between zero and 34. And mine were above 600. Oh, so it was the Jesus 7.9. Yes, it was the 7.9 TSH. And then the almost 700. And who knows that was coming down. He checked my TPO antibodies after I went through the storm. Oh. So he said my numbers were probably over like in the thousands Jesus. but they never checked them yeah so then is that they never checked them or they just overlooked it well in the hospitals they only check tsh they don't and they check your um your t4 I see. um stuff like that they never okay. check your antibodies which makes zero sense to me because if no not many people know this either but the antibodies shows how aggressive the number shows how aggressive the attack is on your thyroid okay so while hashimoto's isn't a thyroid disease it shows the number um, that, it, however aggressive the attack is on your thyroid. Yeah. So depending on what that number is, yeah. it's going to give you that information. Yeah. So with my numbers being so high, he goes, you have Hashimoto's. I'm like, what the fuck is that? I have no idea. Like, what is that? And he proceeds to tell me it's an inflammatory disease. It also calls you to go um, to be um, hypothyroid. And I knew that because I was hypothyroid before and I was on medication for that before. And um, so he goes, starting today, you need to change your diet. And it was the first doctor who mentioned diet because nobody else, he, no he wasn't like, here, take this medicine. Ugh. It was change that, your fucking diet or you're going to go back. such a relief. I legit couldn't stop crying. And um, he goes, um, he had these like, vitamin c like lollipops and he's like here take one of these because it was like the the yum earth ones they were like the good ones yeah and um yeah and he was just so calm because he understand like he understood so So going forward dude this must like 
you're going into this this ear nose and throat ent you're going into yes. this doctor and you're like in your mind you're like i just you're like you must have been praying like i just want to know what's wrong yeah right like you're I just wanted answer so bad and no one and like it's you're being and i've been through the medical process as well it's so fucking frustrating mm -hmm. you just want an answer mm -hmm. and i understand there's insurance there's regulations there's all that i get it well, i was at the point i was like, i'll pay out of pocket for anything i don't yeah. i don't give a shit whatever yeah. it is i'll find the money i'll pay for it i don't yeah. care you just wanted a freaking answer mm -hmm. right and you know honestly you deserve one mm -hmm. right you shouldn't be treated like there's no, I mean, I don't know. I wasn't in the room, but, and I know like doctors, they have to have their rapport and all that bullshit, but going in there and being like, Oh, what'd you Google this week? And all that. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, get, get out of here with that. Yeah. But this guy, you came in, he was calm. He thought about the process and like, he just kind of like put it together right away. An older gentleman, younger. He's older. Stuff. He's experienced. Experience counts for so much because his wife had thyroid cancer, so he oh, knew God to like him. check. So I had um, my ultrasounds, and he found um, he found growths on my thyroid. Oh, and so I had them biopsied. Thankfully, they were benign, but yeah, um, he found the nodules on on my thyroid and on my lymph nodes. So anytime that I get inflamed, it's always in my neck. I, my lymph nodes yeah. get super inflamed. Oh wow. Um, my thyroid does, it takes my, it affects my voice box and then yeah. my voice will start to go. So I know for sure if I eat something that I probably wasn't supposed to, or if something was contaminated, I know right away. My immune response is so quick. Yeah. So when COVID hit, I was a little nervous in the beginning because I guess COVID affect, like it causes inflammation and stuff like that. So someone who gets inflammation easily, I was like, oh crap, you know? Like if I get it, I'll probably die, blah, blah, blah. Oh, so at first I was nervous. It was yeah. only like a, like for a month, but then with the masks and stuff like that, I quickly found out that that was worse for me than actually going out and being free. Oh. So I have yeah. been in, I'm, I'm an anti-masker. I don't give a shit who likes it or not. I don't I wear never a fucking mask one. either. No. So because I'm, I need optimal breathing with, with an inflammatory disease. You need that. You need yeah. that airflow. Yeah. So when you're, when you have that mask on and you're breathing in just hot air and your own breath and your own, like your own, yeah. everything, yeah. it was causing an, an immune response to me. I was getting very inflamed. Oh. It was making me worse. Um, so Jesus I was only, Christ. we were only like three weeks into COVID when it first started. And I was like, fuck that. I'm <laughs> not wearing a mask. I, and I didn't yeah. from that point on unless I got forced to in like a hospital, I never wear, I don't wear one. Yeah. Um, for that reason. Yeah. And my kids don't wear them. I just, I, I just don't listen. If COVID takes me, then it takes me, but at least I, you did it. Your fucking I did way. it. Yeah. Right. Because it was making me worse. Yeah. Um, if had, you're getting a gross out of your fucking neck from this mask, yeah. you're like, okay, yeah, don't, yeah, don't worry no. about it. Mm -mm. Also the mask is supposed to protect other people from other. So like, right. If you're fine, you're fine. I, I do want to say when I changed my diet, within five days of changing my diet, a lot of my symptoms started going away. No. Just cutting out shit. gluten, dairy, soy, yeah. eggs, all of that and, stuff. And you were never like, I mean, as far as I've known you, you weren't picking out on, on pizza and cake all the time anyway, oh, man. right? Like, I mean, I know the cake thing, yes, but I, was. So <laughs> I guess I, I got the wrong idea. I was such, and I still am such a foodie. Sure. Sure. And I, I was, you know, what my problem was I was a binge eater and I was a yo-yo dieter. Yeah. So I would yo-yo meaning 
I would eat super clean and work out and lose weight. And then I would binge. And yeah. that's what really, I think my system got sick of my shit. And <laughs> they were like, clean it up or get the fuck out. <laughs> and I think my system just, I was in the middle while it happened. I was in the middle of a binge. Um, and I would go through like, because of my diet and the autoimmunity, I would go through stages of depression because of the, like the responses that I was getting. Yeah. Um, so I would eat a pint of Haagen-Dazs yeah. every single night and I would kill the pint and a yeah. bag of cookies. And, yeah. Um, so one night my body, just like Jordan and I we were watching survivor on the couch and I was nursing Mabel and a huge rush came over me and I stood up cause it freaked me out and I stood up. And it just progressively got worse from there. It's just, it's just out of nowhere. It yeah. just, this shit just happens out of nowhere. So when I changed my diet, it was literally the weight is a bit like the weight coming off. That's great. You yeah, know, so I close. feel great. Like I, like but I love the way I look now, but you would have but, minded the weight staying on if you felt better. Right. Okay. I, I would be as big as this ring <laughs> and be happy if, you know, if I didn't feel like that, if I was yeah. healthy, you know, yeah but nobody the bigger this ring could ever be healthy. So, um, God, no. no, you couldn't fit through the fucking door. <laughs> no. Yeah. So, which is amazing to me. Yeah. And I do see Like I, I do feel people who walk around like that because you know, I'm, I feel, yeah. if I eat a piece of corn, you know, I'm, I'm You're, out for like a week. Yeah. You know? That, so, so I want to talk about this then. Like we said, you know, your new mantra, food is medicine. Food is medicine. And honestly, you're not wrong. Like think like, and the shame is that there are people like you live in a great area, you live in Bucks County and like you do have some resources to like find farm fresh. And even we'll talk about, you know, making your own farm fresh stuff, but also like in your, and we'll talk about it. Yeah. We'll get all of that. But you're you're not in an area like in the city like dude i'll tell you this i'm on a freaking food island right like every like where i'm at in mayfair it's like i'm surrounded by pizzerias and mm -hmm. hoagies and cheesesteaks and wawa and and like don't get an act like there's an acme and everything like that but at acme it's all chemically enhanced and chemically modified mm -hmm. stuff and like i get it you know like it, it, and i'm not saying there's anything you know anything wrong but it, you do have to think about that stuff like that genetically enhanced vegetables like you can't continually eat food that's created in a lab and think that nothing will ever happen i don't know that's just my well thought. it's not even it's not even like so you have like the gen genetically modified but then you also have farmers who spray their crops that are grown without the genetically modified but they'll spray them with like pesticides and stuff like that um and you are supposed to clean, you know, your oh, vegetables I, and I, stuff. Oh, yeah. But a lot of people don't. And if you don't clean them well enough, and it depends what you're cleaning them with, too. Yeah. So um, it, there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. And then your animals, too, that you're eating from. You know, if, you're, yeah. if your chickens are eating corn, wheat, and soy, you're eating corn, wheat, and soy. That's so true. it goes beyond just, you know, getting an organic chicken. Yeah. You have to make sure where it's what it's eating where it's from um, um so it goes so this really you know, takes a lot of research to a lot of research You're, so okay so it's a ton of research you do it like a bunch of shops but i want to talk about this because and you've put videos up on your on on the on the autoimmune with amber there's videos right and like or different pictures and like just kind of how you're living so you're on the farm now mm -hmm. right you're and you're teach and i love this that you're teaching this to your girls and i think that that is like just the best freaking thing you know and i always found like especially i think it's like an italian uh, yeah 
I want to kill that fucking thing. <laughs> but I think I don't know if this is more an Italian thing, but I always think I always thought like Italians love gardening. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think it's yeah. kind of in your guys' blood a little bit, or in our blood because mm-hmm. I'm Italian now. I didn't know. I didn't know if you know this, but yeah, whole life thought I was Irish and German. My mom did the 23andMe thing and found out that my grandma had a little thing going on. Oh. And I'm part Italian. Hey. Can't go wrong. Yeah, I think we just found our gift for this episode. Hey. <laughs> so yeah, so either way, you're living on the farm now, and you're all about the fresh living. Food is food is medicine. Mm-hmm. You have your chickens, right? You have your garden, chickens. right? You mm-hmm. love you. You're you're a mother hen yourself. So tell me the story you told me the other day about your protecting your chickens. What was going on? All right, you guys. I have 12 chickens. Okay. They started out in my house because you have to start the temperature outside needs to be a certain, um, yeah, like degree before you put them out. Yeah. So I've had them in my house, but basically their whole life until they were like nine, nine weeks old, then you put them out. So we have the chickens out there Yeah. and we have three, a family of hawks that just circle, circle our property (laughs) and we let our chickens free range. So right now we're building a, a, like a huge run off of the chicken coop. Yeah. Um, so that they can free range even more. Yeah. Um, because right now, like a fenced in kind of area. Yeah, but want. huge. Okay. Like yeah. they'll they'll have so much to run like, around. They'll be and... like a true free range, not yeah. not this like little like coop where you're like a little bit free range. Yeah. So who's putting this together? You and your husband and the kids. So my grandmother and her husband own the property they Uh bought the property there's a rundown barn that they're redoing and um it's like a family thing we all go we all harvest we mow the lawn we take care of the chickens yeah it's almost like we just put our farmer stand up yesterday oh that's great so yeah it's almost like a like a community garden in a way then yeah okay yeah so um okay so so you're there you're building the runoff for the chickens they're gonna have so much room Mm -hmm. to be free range and so right now we have i go out two three hours a day and i'll stand out there with my chickens just to make sure the hawks don't come Mm -hmm. because as of right now there's nothing to protect them from the hawks getting them (laughs) so i put many hours in the day just hanging out there with my chickens and they come up on my lap they're they're just like oh my gosh they're my they're my everything yeah so the hawks really started coming and they do their call and and let me tell you something if a hawk comes down and i tell this to everybody I will grow my wings. Yeah. I, those hawks, I swear to God. I And I asked the, there was a police officer like in our neighborhood the, yesterday. And I was like, how illegal is it to shoot these things? And he goes, it's, it's pretty illegal. <laughs> but if, but if we don't see it, then, I mean, if you don't get caught, then I'm like, listen, because they're coming down. So yeah, they're, they're circling. They right? started hovering. Like they, they were, they would just be in the distance hovering. Yeah. But now I, I just screamed to Mar- Marty is one of, you know, the, one of our people, one yeah. of our family members on the yeah. property. And yeah. he, um, I screamed for him like Marty, because the Hawks came diving down and it's myself with 12 chickens and I'm trying to get them in there in yeah. the coop in time because they're just coming. Yeah. And then two more came and now there's five of them and five hawks? there's five Hawks now and they just come. They oh, know. So um, he comes out. My daughter comes out with this big ass broom and she's flying, <laughs> she's swinging it in the air. Oh, I um, fucking it was love just that. like, it was a nightmare. So That's, they know yeah. now my kids know, like, they're like, 
mommy, a hawk is right there. And I'm like, where? And I don't see it. And, but I heard it. Yeah. And they're, they come and they're trying to get my chickens, but not yeah. today, Satan, no. not today. Yeah. Not on, not um, on, yeah. Not on Amber's Yeah. So watch. we had to, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, it's, you know? so I was at the zoo with my daughter over the weekend and uh, they had a, a bald eagle there. And one of the questions asked is how far a bald eagle can see. So apparently bald eagles can see up to a mile clearly. Mm, right. And then mm -hmm. after a mile, it gets a little foggy, but that's incredible to me that they can see a mile. I'm assuming a hawk has incredible eyesight as well. I They're don't know. similar yeah. from what I hear and they would be up high. Um, so they can see what we're doing and they can see us from, I don't even know how they know when I let my chickens out because they're not in sight. And I know where their tree is. It's, yeah. it's freaking, it's super far away. Yeah. So they can see it. Like they oh. have their eye on us constantly now. And it's that's so incredible. frustrating because yeah. yeah uh, well uh, okay so we'll say this too uh first day the other day we got our first so now so out of the 12 chickens um our one dotty she started laying and now we have today will be number seven so a week a week ago so we're hoping all the other chickens start following different breeds start laying at different times sure. um so yeah now we have seven i'll go and pick the seventh one today but that so you'll have Oh wow! So, so eventually we'll have seventh, a dozen a day. But they lay they lay an egg a day. Every twenty four hours they regrow an egg. Shut the hell up! Mm -hmm. Every twenty four hours, I know this fly. It's fucking fly! Uh, so wow. So and the other thing is that's we wait, wait. Hold on, hold mm -hmm. on. Uncle Maddie here is a little. I didn't know is that many. So mm -hmm. so they wow. So you have twelve chickens, right? How do they get impregnated? Does they don't. So oh. chickens. So the only way a rooster comes in and we're not allowed to have a rooster where we are oh. um, because of like the noise and everything. Oh, I see. But a rooster is there for a, a couple reasons. One being protection. Yeah. But the other really cool fact that I loved about a rooster is it decreases with, with a rooster present. It decreases 50 percent of the cholesterol in eggs. So with a rooster there, you it takes away 50 percent of the cholesterol, which I thought was really how cool. does it do that? just there but it just i wonder if it's like so, a stress factor so the also the other so with the rooster um the they can't hatch into chicks without a rooster because the rooster isn't um fertilizing like they don't have the rooster there so okay. a hen will just this fly this fucking swear, fly <laughs> if i could fucking cgi him out i would uh yeah um but this uh with yeah so chickens just hens they just they produce they grow an egg every yeah 24 hours and um so they need to make sure their shells stay hard so that we give our chickens our chickens are very well fed we don't do the the corn wheat soy thing we yeah. don't so they're you can't no because right? yeah. i'm going to eventually when i reintroduce um foods back into my system like eggs it's going to be from my chickens yeah and it won't be the egg whites a lot of people think like oh, i'm eating egg whites that's the healthy thing for me it's the other way around people really yeah so if i were to eat egg whites right now it would cause me to have an autoimmune response well, it's oh, the egg yolk how so like what is the what's in the egg white that's so so it's not the so the egg white or the egg yolk has all of the nutrients where yeah. the egg white um tends to store the things that cause the inflammation so if you're having if you're feeding chickens like the soy and the corn those 
nutrient. They're not, it's not even nutrients. They're not nutrients. People think that it's good for you, but it's not. That um, seems to store it in like the white part of it mm-hmm. where the yolk has all of the healthy nutrients. That's like where, if they're free ranging, that's where all the bugs go. And, you know, all so, of, like the healthy proteins yeah. from like mealworms and um, yeah. grubs and just like all the natural things. Yeah. So what when is, I, why, so, so now you can't eat eggs, but eventually you will be when the chickens start laying heavy. Why is that? That's what my reintroduction process is going to be. Okay. Um, if I'm going to reintroduce eggs, it's going to be from my chickens who I know um, are being fed a very, very healthy, organic, yeah. pure diet yeah. without all of the additives or anything like that. You know, what's going to be great too, is that like you're saying, you're not going to eat 12 eggs a day No. <laughs> and you're going to have some eggs stored, but you're going to be able to provide eggs for other autoimmune mm-hmm. people in your community as well. Right. That's and not only that, when people come to me and say like my joints hurt and um, this hurts and, or if they have like, um, RA, like the rheumatoid arthritis and, or if they have lupus or something like that. And I'll, the first thing I ask them was, do you eat a lot of eggs? And they'll be like, a lot of them will be like, I eat a lot of eggs. I'll be like, cut out eggs for, you know, seven days and then, or start at 30 days, then go down to like seven days just to see where it's at. And it's amazing the response because eggs cause a lot of joint inflammation. If you eat a lot of eggs, it causes a lot of inflammation in your joints. So if anybody is struggling with, um, like joint aches or like your fingers are sticking or behind your kneecaps hurt or something like that. Yeah. Um, try cutting out eggs, um, for 30 days and see how your body responds. Cause it's it's just crazy how some of these foods affect your body. Because I mean, let's be honest, especially in the fight game, eggs are your freaking life. They're essential. Yeah. Yeah, So you you need the protein. mm -hmm. It's a good, like my whole life I've been taught eggs are a good protein. Yeah. And they are, they are a good source of the yolk is a good source of source of protein. Um, but a lot of the inflammation that you're getting is going to be coming from the whites and the inflammation in your joints. That's what's going to cause your joints to stick. So, yeah, yeah. Man, that's just more great information that you found out on yourself by doing research. Yes. See, yep. so. And so like, I will say this, Amber, as long as I've known you, you've been very driven and, but very respectable. You hold yourself very well. And I've always, you know, very much admired that about you when you were met with adversity with this, and this isn't the the 10th time you've been met with adversity Mm -hmm. in your life, but when you were met with this adversity, it was very, very tough and very trying on you and your family, but you've made this almost like a life mission and a passion. And honestly, and it's your, Mm -hmm. and some people like, you know, in, in a way it would seem selfish that you want to figure this out for you, but you're not, Mm -hmm. you're figuring this out because the community that you found with the autoimmune was able to save your life and you want to give back to that community and you're doing everything and you're doing everything you can for like research and even you're 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 growing your own vegetables and your own you're making your own egg like you're having Mm -hmm. your own chickens make your own eggs so you know like these things will be good for autoimmune people in your community and yourself and i can't tell you how how respectable and how great that is and how that's what makes the world a great place is people like you and your community and everything like that and i can't thank thank you enough and i admire very much what you're doing and hopefully i mean i'm hopefully just you know food is medicine i and i'm with you on that and you know i hope that this just becomes like just such a great thing. And, and, you know, the more people you help, the better, mm-hmm. you know what I Absolutely. mean? Absolutely. So, all right, we're coming to the top of time. 
right? Um, before we go, I want to shout out, we're going to have a ton of stuff in the description of this and you should check it all out. We're going to have Amber Ray cakes. We're going to have autoimmune with Amber. We're going to have uh, cakes, caking uncorked. Cakes uncorked. Cakes uncorked, mm-hmm. right? Where, you know, that's a, now that COVID's done or wrapping down, winding down, you can have like a nice, like, you know, girls night out with cakes uncorked, right? And then we're going to have all your social media and everything like that on there in the description as well. I've t- I would stress to everyone, check it out. Also, we'll have a link to the gym that we're sitting in in there. Why the hell not, right? Henzo Grace EPA Academy in Hatfield. But uh, we're going to have all those links and everything available. Amber, I'll tell you what, man. This is a historic day for the Working Perspectives podcast. This is the first in-person, in-person. in-person live interview that we've done. I, I hope everything goes well. Hope we look great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, with this canvas, it's not hard to paint a masterpiece. But uh, uh, but no, I can't thank you enough for doing this. And I know Pete's not here to ask, but I know he'd be on the same page. I, we would love to have you back on if you'd be willing to Absolutely, come Absolutely, yeah. We can go more in depth too. Um, I would, hey. I would, there's I, so much to talk about. I wouldn't be surprised if we have an offshoot of this with autoimmune with Amber, you know, something along those that lines. That would be great because yeah. I do a lot of alternatives. Like for cakes, the watermelon cake. Yeah, yeah. I saw yeah. that. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And like, you know, you're it, it, like this thing, it does affect your life, but it doesn't rule your life. And right. you found a way to make to fit this and still have a great life and a healthy life and make sure, you know, like, you know, you're I'm okay. In control. Yeah. And, and it's not ruining and and pushing you down a hole. Mm-hmm. Right. You're able to stay here and like enjoy your life and your family and everything like that and live the way you want and yeah. be healthy. I will say I still have setbacks. Sure. Um, I still go through flares. Yeah. Um, but for the most part. I can, um, I have a grasp on it and yeah. I can kind of understand where it's coming from and what I can do to adjust. When, and, when you do have a flare, is it like, you know, going into it, like, okay, I'm going to try this. There mm-hmm. might be a flare. Yep. Okay. So, yep. Yeah. or if I have a flare and I didn't know it was coming, um, I kind of know how to adjust what I'm doing to get myself back on track. Um, sometime with the hormonal things, I can't, uh, do that so much because you can't really um, I don't know. Yeah, there's not. You can't control your hormone, like my menstrual cycle. I can't control that. So I get that? flares yeah. from my menstrual cycle. Oh, I can't golly. control that. God, so man. it's man, um. That's rough. But as far as like food, lifestyle choices and yeah. exercise, whether it be too much exercise or yeah. not enough, you know, I can control that. Yeah. So and you do, and you do a great job, and you know your transformation, everything, and your the way it's changed your life. But you, mm-hmm. you, a lot of people would really crawl into a corner and say, woe is me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like not be able to handle this, but you've taken this on and really like made this your part of your life and your family and really built a lot around this. And I think that just speaks to your personality and who you are. And I can't, you know, I can't commend you enough for this. And I'm, you know, and in the work Perspectives podcast, we'd love to do anything we can to help the autoimmune society. Yes. So, that being said, we're coming to the top of time. Uh, before we go, is there anything you want to say to the listeners before we take off? Um, I just want to thank you for listening. And I hope even if this helps one person, then that just makes it all worth it. Agreed. Um, even, you know, some people don't realize that they maybe have an autoimmune disorder. So if you have any of these symptoms, like yeah. brain fog or joint pain, or you're tired all the time, or you're bloated, um, depression, depression, anxiety, anxiety comes from the gut. Yeah. So you know, so there's a, a lot of things. If you're on anxiety medications, I always tell people, you know, get your gut checked. And if you've been on anxiety medications for years, you can, 
um, hopefully fix that by fixing your gut health because that's where it stems from. So, yeah. And a lot so, of people don't yeah. know that. And but I, don't be afraid to get checked out, you know, seek specialists, you know, and they can find some place they can find information in places to find other information on autoimmune with Amber as well. Mm -hmm. So if you are, if you do have some questions, you want to dive a little into it. It's a great place to start is autoimmune mm -hmm. with Amber. Just ever give up. Don't ever give up. If you don't like what your doctor's saying, go to the next one. You can fire your specialist. You can fire your doctors. I've yeah. fired many of them <laughs> and I found ones that, you know, have saved my life. So. And yeah. And don't let yourself be taken for granted either. And, you know, what did you Google now? Bullshit. That's, yeah, no. that should not, you know, mm -hmm. that don't ever let that Listen happen. Listen to your body. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. your body will tell you. I've, I firmly agree with that. Mm -hmm. So great. Well, all right, Amber, can't thank you enough. This was a fucking blast. This is the first in-person interview. You fucking nailed it. I know this is going to be a big hit and really can't wait to have you back on. And, you know, this is this was so much fun. Can't thank you for everything. And once again, this is the Working Perspectives Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle. She's Amber Steiner. You can find all her information, everything in the description for Amber Cakes, Autoimmune with Amber, uh, Cakes Uncorked, and everything like that will be in the description of this episode. You can find all the Working Perspectives Podcast content on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast and hang out with us on the Twitter and the Tiki Talk at Working Pod. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, then please email us at workingperspectives at gmail.com. All right, this is the end of the episode. Stick around for the ad read and the song by Randy Lada. All right. My brother. That's right. All right, thanks for listening. Have a good one. See ya. Do you have a message or a story inside of you that you've been waiting to tell? Have you always dreamed of writing a book but are intimidated by the complexities of the book publishing world? Perhaps you want to use a book to launch your public speaking or consulting career. If so, please reach out to Scott and Bell Publishing, located right here in beautiful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Scott and Bell Publishing handle all genres and authors with all experience levels. Scott and Bell Publishing gives authors 100% creative freedom and a higher royalty split. They can be found at www.skotbell.com. That's www.s is in Sam, K is in Kite, O is in October, B is in Tom, B is in Boy, E is in Edward, L is in Larry, L is in Larry. It's our objective. To be effective by voice in societies, working perspective, exploring your day and how you get paid, launching a new episode every Tuesday. Your day can transform while we inform with new episodes available on every platform. So check out. Dot com. That's Scott Bell Publishing, where the authors go.